We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Sorry, call it X. I literally do this every show now, Keith. I just I say Twitter when I, I guess I have to start calling it X. You can also find me at Trevor Lane NBA over on Instagram and threads. I think I'm just going to forever call it Twitter, Keith. Yeah, it's we, we talked about this before, I think. And it's like you said, it'll always be Staples Center. It's just always probably going to be Twitter for, for me. It's yeah. just kind of uh, how it is. I mean, I, I'm still a guy who's rocking an AOL email address for my personal email. So I uh, just because it's what I have and it's what I've always had. So, uh, no, I do not sign into AOL anymore to, to, to check it anymore. But remember that? That was fun back in the yeah. day. Yep, yep. So AOL, the instant messenger and all that. Yeah. That's how I learned to type. As well yeah. as I did, was having to type things on instant messenger. Oh man, then you we had are... to put up your away message when you're yep. like going to do something and yep. and all that. Yeah, man. And I I remember the first time I was telling my parents about my friend, and they were like, "Oh, when are you gonna? Well, when are we gonna meet?" And I'm like, "Oh, he lives in Nebraska." And they were like, "What? Like, how do you know someone from Nebraska?" And I was like, "Oh, he's he was in the like it was like a football chat room." And I was like, "Yeah, you know." So we've been, you know, just talking about football and stuff. And it was just my parents were like, "I don't understand this whole thing." And, <laughs> you know, that's weird. Go outside and play. Um, I'll tell a story. Well, I'll tell it very quickly right now, just because it's funny. I, I can schedule nonsense if we need to. I mean, yeah, I'll just say it's not that that okay. schedule nonsense but remember how you used to have to pay by the hour for aol uh -huh. you get so many free like minutes and hours yeah, yeah. <clears throat> when you had to pay for it one time it was a sunday and i was um running our own like little fantasy football league and i logged in to pull all the stats then my friend was like hey let's go play um basketball we went and played basketball for like four hours and i left AOL open the Ooh. entire time and I came home and I was like oh no and I was like well maybe my mom won't notice when the bill comes oh she noticed and uh, <laughs> it was not a happy day uh, when it switched to the unlimited plan I don't know that we could have signed up any quicker uh, for, for unlimited minutes back then the internet of years gone by he's Keith Smith by the way you can find him on <laughs> X look at that got it right at Keith Smith NBA also has that handle over on Threads. Uh, I do have a Hotmail account still, Keith. I've got nice. I've got that one. So so we're on the same wavelength there. But uh, there is a storm that's been coming to the NBA. Oh, yeah. We've been we've been keeping tabs on uh, on a certain hurricane that is that is suddenly hitting Philadelphia. By this evening, it is in southwestern Georgia. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Oh. 
That's right. Hurricane Harden making landfall and hitting Philadelphia. Keith, rumor coming from Ramona Shelburne that calling Daryl Morey a liar, that was not the mountain peak. That was just that was just the base of the mountain. He's still climbing. He's going to make life more uncomfortable on the 76ers. That is James Harden's plan. I'm almost a little bit excited. Like, I feel bad for Philadelphia. I'm a little bit excited for what's to come. Like, if calling him publicly a, is a, a liar is just the start, what's coming next? Yeah, let's keep with our little hurricane theme there. Wonderful job uh, on our new fun little little graphic, which we will uh, use whenever there's Harden news. Now you guys know how this goes. Yep. We had the we had the Simmons siren and the Kevin Cannon. Now yep. we get the Hurricane Harden uh, updates. But keeping with the hurricane theme, yeah, we're just seeing the outer bands of this storm. Right, they're just starting to roll in. Apparently, we we haven't even gotten the full force of it yet. And I'm I I want to see you know one of my all-time favorite NBA stories is the Andrew Bynum story where he was at his last practice with the Cleveland Cavaliers before they traded him. And he was shooting the ball from wherever he caught it on the floor. <laughs> 90 feet was away, for that. he was taking shots. You know, yeah, you know, catching it with his back to, to the basket on a rebound, just was turning around and letting it fly from, you know, 85 feet away. Like, whatever it was, he <laughs> shot the ball. So I'm uh, I'm here for it. You know, I'm here for, you know, does Harden do that in a game? Like, that would be incredible, right? What if he actually, they put him out on the floor and he's like, pull up from, you know, the – uh, other free throw line or something like that some some you know crazy nonsense like that so we'll see um you know where this goes but yeah i mean it sounds like we're just getting started with all of this man that's um i'm again i'm curious about what comes next um i guess this, this kind of goes back to what we talked about when this this whole thing first started and that's that if james harden does hold out we know I don't know if they'll go down this path, but the, if the 76ers want to go nuclear here, if he just no-shows at camp, which he probably won't, but if he does, they could control his basketball future indefinitely, right? If he just doesn't mm -hmm. show up for the whole season, the 76ers could prevent him from playing basketball anywhere in the world. Well, professional yep. basketball, anywhere in the world. And so, I, obviously, I would think, you know, we know James Harden. He can show up. He can play, and I'm doing air quotes for those for podcast listeners, he could play and be well less than 100% effort and, and do all of that. I don't think we're actually going to get to that point. But that factor that's in the CBA, that he can't just no-show, he can't just threaten to, to not show up, that if he does, it doesn't really benefit at all, him at all. That means he's got to turn to other ways to get something done and to put pressure on to get himself traded. So that means he's going to try to make life uncomfortable on the 76ers, and it's going to create a lot of drama. And his hope is that at some point the 76ers will say, it's not worth it and just let him go. Yeah, without a doubt. It's funny when you're saying he's going to turn to other ways. I thought you were going to say to make money. And I was like, oh, like how he's selling <laughs> wine in China and apparently sold out in like, you know, minutes on you know, his appearance in China. So I just, I was like, oh yeah, I guess he does have other business avenues. But yeah, it's, I continue to believe we're not, none of this is going to happen before we even get to training camp and all that. He'll get traded. Mm -hmm. that, that's just, you know, I, I generally believe that, but I also believe that with Ben, Ben Simmons and yeah. that 
didn't end up happening either. So maybe I need to recalibrate my own uh, thinking on that. But I just think teams try to avoid these kind of really awkward, awful situations everybody involved. So so we'll see. But yeah, this is going to be, be fun. And I'll tell you what, if you guys donate enough, maybe we can get Jim Cantori. Like we'll hire him to go stand in like Philly and do like a Hurricane Harden report uh, <laughs> for us. I don't know what he charges because it would probably take about – I don't know what twenty minutes to do. So, so let, let's see. You know, but you know, guy, tweet at him. See, see if he'll do a hurricane Harden report for us. And there we go. Front office show, and then, then if nothing else, maybe we'll be like, "What the hell are these tweets? What, what, what is this?" And then maybe he'll retweet one, and that'd be funny. So, he, if if the storm gets bad enough, I think you and I are going to have to do a show in ponchos. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I have a couple actually because of I, I know, do too where, where I live. So yeah, it's uh living here in Florida, they're, they're you know an unfortunate necessity to want, right. want at least a couple. All right, let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks. Josh Green potentially negotiating an extension or would like to negotiate one. What's the what's the the timeline uh, on this getting done, Keith? And what could this look like? Yeah, Josh Green uh, speaking with um, Olgan Ulich, who uh, covers uh, the basketball world for ESPN Australia. Uh, he's actually a really good reporter and follow, um, and has more guys, including a uh, uh, player, um, guy, I'm now blanking on his name, but he transferred from, didn't transfer, he left Louisville to go play in um, in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it is. Uh, let me get it. Trenton Flowers. That's that's who it was. Um, oh, he, yeah, okay. Yeah, he transferred from Louisville to go to. Uh, he's going to play over in uh, Australia on the. I believe it's the Next Stars Path or whatever they're calling it. Anyway, but he is. Um, uh, Olgan Ulich is a great follow for anybody who doesn't follow him already. He gets a lot of news, and a lot of the Australian players talk to him a lot. And for those who don't know, Josh Green uh, is you know. He's at least part Australian. He plays or is hoping to play for Team Australia at the World Cup and the Olympics. And he said to him, yeah, that right now his focus is on uh, Team Australia and what they're looking to do this summer. But he's hopeful to get a contract extension done, excuse me, with the Mavericks. His uh, timeline on that start of the this season. That's when those things um, end. Uh, all, all of those rookie scale extension guys. Um, that that's that. If they're not done uh, by the eve of this, the season starting, then that has to be delayed. And then the Mavericks would make him a restricted free agent. And they'd kind of handle it next summer. So hey, he's one of those guys where we see right out of the gate, like we saw with Anthony Edwards, uh, Lamelo Ball. Desmond Bain, the kind of no-brainer Max or near-max guys get done right away. Then the other guys, it's usually a little later into the summertime Mm -hmm. as that all starts to come together. So my guess is Dallas tries to get something done with him. Really important player, so they they, they should be trying to get him signed. What's a fair number? Um, you know, what's funny is I wrote about him for uh spot track and now I, I'm going to try to go find it <laughs> because <laughs> when I wrote about it, it was, um, I, I want to say I said 16 million a year, which okay. it, might honestly be, be a little bit light. So um, kind of the, the Rui Hachimura range yeah, in that range. Yeah. Like that kind of, I mean, it, it's similar in terms of he's a wing, you know, that, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I think, uh, here it is. I've got it here. Uh, go he was the i gotta find him he was the 18th pick i did four years 70 million so okay. about 17 and a half million per year um you know josh green is good like, like i don't i i don't know if people dallas kind of fell off last year so maybe people weren't watching quite as much but in his third year last season 
Um, started 21 games, played in 60 games total. These were his shooting splits, 53, 40, 72. Um, so fi- or almost actually 54% if we're round- rounding off from the field. I'm surprised 40% the free throw percentage isn't higher. What's that? I'm surprised. You, typically when you hear a guy that hits over 40% from three, yeah. the free throw percentage is around 80 or so. Yeah, it, it, low volume free throws. It only took okay. 94. Uh, all, all season it. long so that's you know you miss one or two and that's gonna mm-hmm. pull, pull you in a different direction he's also probably their best perimeter defender um on on the roster now uh that, that a couple other guys have have moved on so um yeah i i i think josh green's a really good player uh he's he's you know young obviously right he's only going into year four he'll turn 23 uh here in november um, you know, early on in the season. So I, 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 if I was Dallas, I would try to get something done with him. Yeah. Yeah. If they can get it done and it's on a fair price, uh, why not? Why not? All right. Uh, another wing to mention Nicholas Batum set to retire after the season, you know, I, I, look, the, the Clippers, they're not going to rely on him a ton, but I think he is just a great example. And usually the first guy that I think of when I think of players who, were really good at one point and you could lean upon heavily, but then they give their career like a second wind by going to a team where they don't have to do nearly as much and they can just focus in on a few things. A lot of times that boosts their, a guy like Batum used to ask be asked to do everything. And then there were points where he just couldn't do that anymore with Charlotte. And so his stock dropped, but then he went to the Clippers where he didn't have to do everything anymore. Instead, he could just focus on doing a few things and it prolonged his career I think he is just a fantastic example of how a player can can add years onto their career by settling into a different role than what they were in previously. Yeah, he was a huge part of those pretty good Blazers teams back in the day when you had Lillard and Aldridge and, uh-huh. and all those guys. Nick Batum was a huge part of that. He was regularly discussed as would he be the first guy to pull off a five by five where you know, it was yeah. five points and in, in each of the five major categories of you know, or I guess five points, five rebounds five assists, five steals, and five blocks because he averaged, you know, a couple of years, averaged over a block per game, averaged, you know, generally up around two steals per game in those years, was always a you know, fairly reliable double-digit scorer, uh, could rebound, could, could handle the ball and pass. And I think, too, to your point, yeah, by the end in Charlotte, it looked like he was done, right? It looked yeah. like, yeah, this guy's finished. I honestly thought, yeah, the Clippers are taking a flyer on him, but he's not really going to do anything for them. And then he ended up starting uh, over half the games he played for them uh, his first year. This is actually going to be his fourth year with the Clippers already, which crazy. seems crazy too. Um, but each of the, the his time with the Clippers, 40% from three, 40% from three, 39% from three on about four to four and a half attempts per game. So kind of has reestablished himself almost into like a stretch four kind of guy. Now he's not that perimeter guy, perimeter ball handler and playmaker anymore, but still, you know, he's been solid, but yeah, he, he said this run through the world cup and next summer's Olympics, we're going to be it for him. So sounds like he's basically saying that's it for the NBA too. I'm going to play one more NBA season with the Clippers. Then I'll play in the Olympics with France after that. And then that's it. He's going to retire and move on to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been an incredible career for him, yeah. obviously. And once again, I, I think he's carved a path for players as they're getting older to to prolong their careers by settling into some different roles. And he's not the only one to do it. Certainly a number of guys have done sure. it, but uh, but just a good example of how that can work for a player. Uh, all right, accepting a role, right, changes yes. for you. You know, if, if, if you aren't what you once were, you know, like transitioning into that spot up, you know, 
uh, stretch four type player, that's huge, right? Because he's no longer, yeah, put it in my hands. I'm going to make plays off the bounce and uh, dribble and pass and all those things. Like, yeah, that, that's big. And and we see sometimes some guys can do that and other guys can't, right? And the mm-hmm. guys who can't, they generally wash out of the league and that they're done um, where the guys who can adapt and adjust, they they stick around for a while like Batum. So yep. good call. All right. Uh, Jamal Murray and Christoph Porzingis are out of the World Cup. Uh, it's kind of for different reasons. Porzingis, there's sure. an injury, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But Jamal Murray uh, wanted additional recovery time, wanted to see. He said he wanted to see how his body would respond uh, playing with Team Canada uh, after playing a long NBA season. Obviously, the Nuggets win, win the NBA championship, so they're playing into June. And ultimately made the decision that his body just needs more time to recover than what playing in the World Cup would would give him. And so he's making that choice. From the Nuggets side of things, I'm sure they're thrilled. They're thrilled yeah. that, that he's going to take the extra time uh, to rest. Team Canada, eh, probably not quite as as excited. But uh, but this is kind of what NBA fans, again, we look at, you know, the Olympics are like the big tournament in, in basketball. And the World Cup is kind of the secondary one, even though that's flip-flopped uh, in soccer. But um sitting out of the world cup, I think in this case could really help out the Denver nuggets and their ability to get through another grind of an NBA season, because now Jamal Murray can take this time, let his body fully recover, be ready to go. Training camp is what we're five weeks. Month and out? A half? Yeah. Month and a half, right? Six weeks. Yeah. We're out of training camp. So now he gets, instead of playing basketball that whole time, he can recover, recuperate, and then be ready to go for the start of nuggets, nuggets camp. Yeah, in general, how it works in the NBA, this will be a little bit different for the guys who play in the World Cup. But what usually happens is teams will the guys will start reporting back to to their their cities and those sorts of things, and they filter in. You know, it'll be ones mm-hmm. and twos will kind of come in um, middle of September ish, a couple weeks ahead, and they'll probably get in the gym with the team, the guys who aren't there yeah. you know, year round, which we are seeing more guys are making their NBA city kind of their home base and staying close by. It's usually the rookies. Those maybe your uh, second and third year guys are there all the time, but then they'll filter in. You'll start getting you know thoughts of like, yeah, when we started playing pickup, you know, player X looks really good or mm-hmm. you know, he's added to, you know, his jump shot looks great or he's you know, 10 to 15 it, pounds of muscle. Yeah, I, that's exactly <laughs> where I was going next. You know, 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. I want just somebody to be like, yeah, you know, dude got super fat. <laughs> he got really fat. He looks terrible. Like, you know, he, well, he hur- needs training camp. Hurricane Harden might bring that yeah, to us. Yeah, we, don't, we don't know if he's yeah, still in so in Murray's case, yeah, he'll report back to Denver and, you know, pro- probably, you know, get with his team a couple weeks out of training camp opening about a month from now, uh, probably start workouts. My guess is I, I don't know that he's feeling something in the knee, but clearly something just is, you know, whether he's just tired or whatever it may be, something doesn't feel perfect for him. And in his case, you don't want to feel, you know, anything but perfect if you're going to mm-hmm. commit playing, knowing you're hoping to be on another long, uh, you know, uh, finals and title run with the Nuggets coming in into this coming season. I'll also say this. You said, you know, Nuggets fans, you're 100% right. All you need to do is look at a couple of the posts and it's Nuggets fans are like, phew, like we're glad. Like we don't, yeah. we, you know, we, we didn't want him to play. Like we, we're ready to go. And that's that's the difference, right? If you're a Nuggets fan, probably don't care too much about what team Canada does. You know, nope. I know there's crossovers for sure. Sure. Um, but for the most part, you're, you're there now. Chris Porzingis, Celtics fans in exact same boat. 
And a lot of them are, I'm glad he's not playing. They're also snake bit because last summer, Danilo Gallinari in the European Championships tore his uh, ACL and ended up um, missing Lost the entire the season. season. Yeah. So Porzingis, though, he is dealing with now the Celtics have also uh, put out a press release. He's got plantar fasciitis. They believe they have a treatment program that'll last four to six weeks, and he'll be ready right around the start of training camp, where they actually said he's expected to be ready for the start of training camp. Informally, those of us who've talked to folks with the team, myself included, have been told they're not overly worried. They feel like this is just, you know, it's something they got to deal with, right, mm-hmm. and get it kind of under control. And and for them, it's probably a thought of, hey, if you're feeling it, but you're playing in the World Cup, you're going to feel like I got to play through it, right, and I got to go. Yep. And that could make it worse. Whereas if let's say he's working out next week and he's like, starts to feel it, you say, all right, let's shut it down for a couple of days. There's nothing to push right now for shut it down. And then we'll get back to it. So, so that's kind of the difference why you would you know push through or, or, or sit out and, and they're choosing to have him sit out. Given his injury history, I think this was the only course of, of action yeah. because what, you know, you could be risking a lot if he is – sometimes you see this, where an athlete is compensating for one injury, particularly something that is as uncomfortable as plantar fasciitis, and while that can obviously be exacerbated, it can also create other issues where you're just you're moving a little bit differently. Next thing you know, you've got a knee problem and all that. So getting this taken care of now, particularly given his, his history, I think is super, super important. So this should be a sigh of relief to Celtics fans. Again, not great that it's happening at all and maybe something to, to keep an eye on. Of course, this isn't a good thing, but at least as far as the NBA season is concerned, uh, he's hopefully will get it all taken care of right now. Yeah. did A lot of people, you, you know how this goes covering the Lakers, any sure. Lakers news pops up and you get you know a bunch of people hit you up and like, Trevor, should I be worried about this? Or, yeah. Hey, is this a good thing? You know, whatever the news may be, whatever kind it is. I get the same thing with Celtics fans and my, my kind of overarching thoughts was I, I'm not, it's it's not that I'm not worried about it because, because of his injury history, it is worrisome, sure. but I'm not super worried about it because again, it's six weeks and plantar fasciitis is something that can clear up and in a relatively short amount of time, if it goes, what I'm more worried about is what's going to happen Thanksgiving and then Christmas. And then, you know, as we kind of move through the the various temples on the NBA season, are different things going to keep popping up with him? And that's part of the risk you make when, when you make mm-hmm. a trade like this is you're getting into business with a guy who, you know, he, he's, I say it a lot. He might be a 55, 60 game per season guy at this yeah. point. And as long as those games are coming at the right time and he's healthy at the end of the season, that's probably really all that matters, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And I would say with this too, there's been a lot of kind of, I don't know, hand wringing is the right term, but just what are the Celtics going to do? Al Horford and Robert Williams and Al Porzingis. One of those guys has to come off the bench and yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I think now what you're seeing is, well, this is why you kind of have the three of them. So if any one of the three is feeling something, Hey, you sit out, the other two guys will carry it for you right now and go and we'll kind of you know move, move it forward from there so you know for now not super worried about it but i am you know it's something now it's like ugh, they didn't want to kind of start this sure. uh, tenure with the team this way right absolutely absolutely all right another uh interesting situation that we've been seeing develop you know restricted free agency is the the bane of most nba free agents we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Maybe not for Desmond Bain, but the but the Bain, nonetheless, of, of a lot of NBA free agents. And P.J. Washington continues to be stuck in no man's land. Reportedly would like a contract around $20 million. Obviously couldn't get that from anybody because he's restricted, so nobody was willing to go through all the, even just the work of putting the contract together, right? It's a legal document, so putting a contract together and all that to send it to P.J. Washington, knowing that there's no point because the Hornets are just going to match uh, the offer so he's still sitting out there could wind up playing for the qualifying offer and then that would hit allow him to hit unrestricted free agency next year um this is it's not the same there's a lot of differences but there's some similar feelings when the situation gets to this point with pj washington to kind of like the franchise tag in, in the nfl sure. and uh and pj washington really is kind of he's stuck i expect him to be back with the hornets but the way this is progressing this is feeling more and more like a kind of bet on myself and I'm going to take the qualifying offer type situation. Yeah. Anytime we get this late into the off season and a guy hasn't signed, I start to think, all right, we're, we're going to go the qualifying offer route, barring something emerging that we weren't expected in his qualifying offer about 8.5 million um, for him for next year. So what would, what that would mean is he would play under that. Then the year after in 2024, he'd be an unrestricted free agent. If he signs mm-hmm. the qualifying offer, um, he that comes with a one-year no-trade clause. Uh, because what happens is if he gets traded while on the qualifying offer, he loses his bird rights. Uh, the last kind of guy to be in that situation was Rodney Hood. Uh, he got traded while on the qualifying offer. And then when he was he was dealt, he lost his bird rights, but he wanted he wasn't playing. So he wanted to go somewhere mm-hmm. where he's gonna play and be a part of the rotation. So PJ Washington, you know, we'll we'll see. Miles Bridges, by the way, same boat, because even though he had all of last year, did not play and did not sign, still a restricted free agent that rolled over. And we heard very early on in free agency, there was no it sounded like what he wanted, where the Hornets were, given his entire situation. They were, you know, pun intended, miles apart. Right. And they were in a spot where he just said, forget it. I'm just going to sign the qualifying offer. And then I'll go into unrestricted free agency a year from now. So P.J. Washington would be in the same boat. Chris Fedor, who, who posted this from Cleveland.com, part of the reason why he had this story was, the Cavs have been interested in a signing trade for PJ Washington. They obviously they don't have the ability to sign him to a deal that Cleveland would, or excuse me, Charlotte wouldn't just match. So that's kind of out there. I don't know that anything comes together now for them on a sign and trade. There just doesn't seem to be those kind of necessarily uh, great possibilities there. And they signed George Niang, who I think would play a very similar role to what they'd have in mind for Washington as a third big in that rotation. But that's where this, this story is coming from. 
as far as 20 million a season goes, I don't know if I, I know my my dad and both of my grandfathers used to say this to me all the time when I would say, I wish I could and then fill in the blank, wish mm-hmm. in one hand, crap in the other, see which one fills up faster. Like that was a very common phrase around our family. I don't so, think I've ever heard that before. Really? You've never heard that one before? No. Yeah. yeah it, that, that, must, it, that must be a Boston phrase or maybe. something like that. But that that's got to be it. That, I've never heard that one. <laughs> I cleaned it up for the podcast too because they did not use crap. Uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a d- d- different phrase um, there, a d- different wording. But yeah, we'll wish in one hand, crap in the other, and see which one fills up faster. Um and that was, you know, that was basically a way of saying, get out of here with what you want. Like, go away. It's not right. going to happen. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, 20 million, it's probably slightly high for him. Again, probably yeah. in this new cap world, 16 probably makes sense. You know, a deal that would finish around where the mid-level is going to kind of end up. So 15, 16 million uh, starting salary. That probably makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, I... I don't know. I, I I think probably qualifying offer play it out with Charlotte and then go from there. Yeah, agreed. I think that's probably what the the path we're going to go down here, which is going to give him all the incentive in the world to have a monster season. Um, but it's uh, you know there we see this happen every year. There's a few players where restricted free agency just really bites them, and uh, that's that maybe what's happening here with PJ Washington. All right, last thing we've got the schedule. It's coming Yay. out. Finally, we have the tournament. The in-season yep. tournament schedule is already out. Um, we've seen that. That came out yesterday. Now, tomorrow, we're going to get the full release of the NBA schedule. And at that point, we can start circling dates on calendars and getting excited. And we've already got a number of days that, you know, opening night, Christmas Day. We know when we know a few other dates. It wouldn't shock me, Keith, if a few other dates start trickling out today, tomorrow, even a little bit. But it sounds like the NBA is trying to really make this schedule release like a thing. And so I'd imagine they're probably going to be staring daggers at any media members that start to release info, at least too much info. So it wouldn't shock me if we do wind up, while we might hear a few things, if it ends up being kind of a everything gets gets released, you know, at what time is it? Three o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it was either two or three. It was one of the okay. two. But but so yeah, so it's coming. It's coming, which is which is great because we can start getting excited for all these different games. Sure. In general, schedule releases in most of the pro sports, I'm kind of like meh about like in football, you kind of all right, who's how many Monday night games, how sure. many Sunday night games, Thursdays, you know, and all that. The things I look for in the NBA schedule, obviously Christmas Day, uh, the openers, um, what is the closings? stretch look like yes. like what is it from kind of mid-march through uh the the end of april you know where are we at with that uh for the coastal teams i always look at all right how much are they doing the two road trips three road trips like what do they look like uh last year boston had a really goofy road trip where they went from like i think it was toronto to houston to minnesota to utah to like it was just like weird like they went up north and south mm-hmm. and all the way out to the west coast so i always look at kind of those where are those on the schedule but for the most part everybody you kind of know what your schedule is you have those couple conference teams you're only going to play three times um for each team and then everybody else you'll play four you know um, and those rotate you know year over year so i don't it i don't get super like well, what does the matchups look like? Because those things we all kind of know. Uh, right. But then it's 
I wait until because people now have all these tools and I wait till they feed them all in on back to backs and rest yes. games and all that stuff. So I wait for all that to all air miles traveled. Give us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but mostly why I want this is this is how I start planning out the, you know, that six month period of life, you know, between mid October and mid uh, April for the regular season. And I, I, I literally I put every game into to to my my calendar and I just kind of go through it and then I start um, kind of it'll be different this year because I'm not covering the Celtics directly for the first time in six seasons. So I'm not necessarily locked in on having to watch every Celtics game. I probably still will, but I, I plug in and all right, these are games I want to try to watch each night and try to balance mm-hmm. it. So I'm seeing every team and you know, an approximately even amount of time and all those things. So that that's what gets me excited is I can start planning it all out. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's fun to get to look ahead and see, okay, are, are they playing on Halloween? Right. Like that's yeah. something I w- always look for. Yeah. What are, <laughs> yeah. what are the, what, what are the MLK day games look like? Yes. What are, you know, MLK are, is a big one. MLK yep. honestly should get as much like pub for the NBA as Christmas does. Like they've turned it into almost it really as big of a day on the calendar. I think last year, if I remember it, I think everybody played. Um, or maybe it was the year before, but they try to get everybody in there and there's games all day long. I'll look for that too. Saturday and Sunday matinees. Like what, when do we have afternoon games and those kind of things in mm-hmm. there? But yeah, MLK. I'm very curious too. They, I, they, I believe they already confirmed they're going to take election night off again. Yeah. Um, I think they're making that now like a permanent thing that they do. Um, but do they do what they did last year where the night before they started a game every 15 minutes? And that was, you know, too, the NBA is very good about let's try something, right? Let's mm-hmm. test it. And if that, hell, man, star- on nights when we're super full, staggering all the start times really works out well. I thought it was great because then you could kind of pop in and see the end of a whole bunch of games yeah. that were close. So I thought that was a cool night, the way, way they did that. So I'm curious to see if they do that again as well. And then uh, do we know what day the trade deadline is yet? Is that Yeah, we do. It is. I can tell you it is um I believe because I, I always look to as you're looking this up, I always look to see what what games are taking place right before the trade yeah. deadline. Because those can that can also you know, those can be a factor. If a guy's in trade talks, sometimes they they'll get held out that you know, the game before or whatever. So that's always something that I look for uh, as well. What you know, what games are coming up right before the trade deadline? Um well, that's why I wouldn't find it. So yeah. last year is February 9th. Right. It's usually that first week this of February. Year. Yeah. Let's see. There was a um, well, you could look it up. Uh, they had it. I, I think it's either. I thought I saw somebody say, I believe it is this coming year. I think it's, I think it's that second. Cause it, I think it's the eighth of February. I think it's like that second Thursday. Of the month. Let's see. Because so, um, it's always right before All Star. Oh, that's I... funny. The the NBA has a a post out with called key dates. Yep. And they and they don't have it on here. They have the All Star. Yeah, they game. rarely ever put it on the key date. Yeah, but Dang. it's because it's the 16th um, through the 18th. But I don't see the actual yeah, deadline. When is All Star? When's the All Star break? February 16th, 16th through, 18th. through 18th. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's that week before. I mm-hmm. think it's the the eighth. Um, Which makes it, sense. Yeah, that, that, that's when I, I believe it is. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. And, you know, it was funny. I had some 
uh, folks, too, just, just in case people are still confused about this a little bit. And I was asked about this on a radio appearance today. It was like, you know, did the NBA do the right thing with adding you know these extra games for the tournament? And I was like, whoa, they only added they a couple extra games. These games that you just got the schedule for yesterday, meaning Tuesday, as we record this on Wednesday, those are not extra games. Those are games that just double count. They're tournament games plus regular season games. So, so they're games with a little extra added importance. We'll see if teams and players feel that way. Um, we'll find out. But that that's the idea behind it. They did not add, you know, five extra games to everybody's schedule. That, that was not a thing. And I think I think there's still some confusion, which is probably not great for the NBA. No, and because that's folks. most people's problems. With yeah, it, right. And the, folks why are you adding games on? Yeah. Yeah, we just haven't done a great job explaining it. So we'll we'll continue to hit on that and explain it as we go. But the only extra games are once they get into the tournament portions of this. And it's just the championship, I think. That's the extra, right? Was it the championship and the semifinals? See, it's not great, right? We don't even know uh, for certain. So I I think it might be the the semifinals and the tournament are extra, but but, but we'll see. I was was approaching it as though it was like the World Cup where – top two seeds advance from the group and then i then i went and looked at it and went oh no way oh, it's actually yeah. it's actually oh. top seed from every group yeah. and then there's one wild card uh, per, con- per, yeah, conference. One per conference yeah per conference yeah yeah so so i like like i said we need to get a better understanding of exactly how this is all going to run and you know what happens in the event I, of a tie in terms of records and, and all that kind of stuff so and i don't know if they've said once you get to the semifinals is it going to be um let's see now now i'm on the nba page and and reading it um is it the is it going to be east and west or are the brackets it doesn't it I doesn't would... actually say so uh we'll see i guess we're learning on the fly here everybody yeah we're learning yeah, on the that's fly it. With, we're, with we're, all this. yeah and that's and that's part of this right is what we'll all be kind of figuring this out but in the group stage it is only it, it's it's done by conference and it's each of the mm-hmm. Two, two groups and or I'm sorry two conferences each have three groups in yeah. the three groups they're games you would have played anyway so like you know you know in the Celtics group they have games against I believe it's Orlando and Chicago I'm certain are in their group those two teams they would have played those two teams anyway this game just double counts when they play them as a regular season game and a tournament mm-hmm. game that's right that's right but all of that we'll know tomorrow schedule is going to release and uh yeah. yeah then we can start circling that calendar but all right, Keith, I think we got through everything. We we made it through. We weathered the storm of Hurricane Harden so far. We'll see if we're going to get hit by you know the eye of the hurricane. Is that coming? We'll find out what's next in this whole saga. But thank you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office channel here on YouTube, over on the podcast side as well. It's a great way to help out the show, the algorithms, all that kind of stuff. The best way you can help out the show, it's like the show on YouTube, subscribe, turn on notifications, and then give us those ratings and reviews. And of course, follow the show as well over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's a big help uh, to us here at the Front Office Show. But Thank you, everybody. We'll be back with more NBA basketball to talk about tomorrow. Till then, see ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.